Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hack Season 4, Episode 4. Uh, but before we get into these books tonight, we got a special guest. Um, he goes by many names, uh, especially if you follow <laughs> this man on Twitter. <laughs> He's had to come up with a few different names for a, ver- a variety of reasons, and we'll get to that. Uh, I know him as Taz versus the world. Uh, but he's also known by his government name. It's Corey Pruitt, man. What's happening, to? Hey, greetings and salutations, man. It's funny that you said that because that's always important. Every time I do an interview or something, I'm like, dude, I go by like 92 names because for <laughs> some reason, Twitter just hates my guts. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have been in Twitter jail more often than anybody <laughs> that I know. And I'm like, and every time I get a new request from you, I'm like, what in the world happened now? It's always something new. <laughs> man, listen. Listen, man. Um, I don't know what I did to Jack. <laughs> Jack on Twitter. I, my bad, bro. My bad. I don't know if I used to date an old girl, you know, or I, yeah, I'm not real. too sure. Yeah, he, he got it out for you. And, I mean, again, there have been times, you know, we'll talk about this in a little bit, too. There have been times when you've been much more combative and not gotten banned. And then as you've come, become the more subdued, softer task, you still getting hit. Hey, man, you know what? That hurts my feelings when people say that. When they say <laughs> I'm combative. Am I combative? You're not the first person to tell me that. And I'm being open to this. <laughs> I'm like, am I combative? I wouldn't say combative. The the OG task, the one that I originally met, was not combative. But you also, you know, you would not let stones be unturned either. If somebody said something, you were constantly reading there to check them. Uh, and then it would lead to these, you know, yeah. I'll be honest. Old task, I was looking for smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for it. Like, who, who said some dumb stuff today? I'm going to go off on that. Right. But now that I'm mature and I'm older and, I, you know, I've, I've decided to calm down, but people still come for me. I don't ask for this. <laughs> they do. That's they do. People... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying they do, and I was just kind of going to lead into, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons that, you know, the hashtag came up, the Do You Even Comic Book came up, because people just out there with their dumb opinions all the time who say they read comic books but don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that was what it, it started as a joke, but it became its own thing. Yeah, that's a movement now. Yeah. That's an absolute yeah. movement. So, but yeah, you got that going on. You got uh, the Super Suit Show with Toast going on. Uh, you got a lot of stuff. You are somebody that I consider really a comic book kind of connoisseur and expert. You know, I can definitely look to you to find some things. You know, I, I might have shared this with you on, on Twitter before. You know, there was a time where I didn't read books like when my kids were really young because I just didn't have the ends to do it. And so I was out of the mm-hmm. game for a while. So to pick up on stories from, like, you or the show, like, I was able to find, you know, to kind of fill in the gaps because I had a solid, you know, seven-year gap or whatever where I just was not collecting. So, you know, I've always looked to you and looked up to y'all, you know, to get some information to fill in them gaps. Well, you know, I'm blessed. I mean, I'm blessed with a curse, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to get into this a little bit. You got your comic book, man. The Kickstarter just started. 
you got up to 50% of it already. We're hoping to get to that. You know, we're going to definitely talk about, you know, uh, leaders of the free world. But let's just get into it a little bit and get them some background information because a lot of people might follow me on here and they might follow you on here, but they might not know that we know a, a lot of, a little bit about together. So talk about, you know, kind of when you got into comic books and when did that happen? Well, um, I've been reading, I am 35 years old right now. Yeah, I'm getting up there. Um, I've been reading comics since I was three years old. Uh, to keep it real with you, it started because my dad couldn't afford a babysitter. <laughs> And so what he would do is he would go to this swap meet around the corner, and he would buy these comics twenty five cents and uh, for a bunch of them, and um, mm. he would uh, throw them all in the bag in this garbage bag, <laughs> mm. and he would just dump them in my room and lock me in there. Wow! <laughs> and he would like leave me some food and just be like right, I'm about to hit these the streets. Mm. Wow. And uh, and I'm just being there. <laughs> okay, all right. You you're on the West Coast, right? So what was it like being a like a West Coast black nerd? Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how it is from you know you on the other side of the uh, of the states, but uh, where I was from, it wasn't really you know a thing. I remember walking into comic book shops and people looking at me like I'm crazy. You know, like uh, what are you doing here? And I thought it was great because, you know, they would always test me on my knowledge, and mine was better than theirs. <laughs> right. So, and you know I, what? I, I think, really yeah. yeah, I think every black nerd has that going into the white comic book shop story and getting side-eyed. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go in there, and they're, they're really questioning, like, why you're there. Um, and, you know, and overtly and, you know, kind of subconsciously where they're, you know, creating that, you know, kind of, you know, comic gate space to kind of try to keep people that didn't look like them out of the comic book store. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's why I take everything that's going on right now with the comic gate thing, I kind of take it personally, because that was me mm -hmm. before comic gate, you know? Right. Like, that was them saying, oh, you couldn't know this, so there's no way you could know that. Like, I'm right. like, that was me. I, that was me for a long time. And, mm -hmm. um... It wasn't until social media until I realized, oh, my God, there's more like me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. When you was reading those books, maybe not three as you started to get older, was there any stories or books or creators, artists, that kind of inspired you to kind of send you on this path where you started to do your own book or think about doing your own book? Um, I'm a big fan of Warren Ellis. I've been reading his stuff for years. Uh Going all the way back to he was doing um, the Hellstrom books, doing twenty ninety nine, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the Grant Morrison stuff he did with Justice League, the L.A. Um, big fan of that. Uh, the Authority, my favorite group of all time. I'm a big fan of superhero teams and groups, mm -hmm. and that's what led me to do my own thing. Okay. Was there any particular story maybe that was like, you know, this really touched me in a way that, you know, you know, that a comic yeah. book, you know, not, no one really does. What story? Uh, it's this one shot done by uh, Mark Wade and Brian Hitch. It's called JLA Heaven's Ladder. Mm -hmm. That book right there made me say, okay, I want to do this. And basically the concept is these aliens kidnap every planet with life on it. 
and they kidnapped them and placed them all in this huge circle. And the Justice League is like, why is this happening? It turns out they were the first created beings, and they're wow. dying. They have no idea what a heaven is. So they are taking every race and trying to see what their idea of heaven is. And so they go to, like, Thanagar, where Hawkman's from, and their heaven is an endless sky. And they go to this the water place where their heaven is just an endless ocean and stuff like that. And basically the Justice League are helping them, you know, with things. And I'm like, this was amazing. I'm like, I didn't know Connor Bosco could even go to this place. So that's when I realized I wanted to do it myself. Right. So the book is Leaders of the Free World. Where did the idea and the concept come from? You know, it's funny. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, basically, what's going on is when you see these teams, you know, they're supposed to be protecting the world. But I've always been concerned and questioning, why are they all from America? For example, mm-hmm. let's look at the Justice League. Superman, American. Batman, American. Flash, American. Green Lantern, American. Even Martian Manhunter landed in America, and he portrays as an American person. Cyborg, American. Mm -hmm. The only people that aren't American are the two people from fictional countries. Aquaman from Atlantis (laughs) and Wonder Woman from (laughs) Demonstra. You can even do Avengers. Uh, Captain America, American. Iron Man, American. Captain Marvel, American. Hope, the current team, Hope, Doctor Strange, even the Ghost Rider, the Latinos, they're all American. The only ones that Mm. aren't from America is Thor. Mm. Fictional place. And Black Panther, who is a fictional place. Even though it's in Africa, it's still a fictional place. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, like, so I made a team, and I, I thought it was important for them to really be from all over the world. And come from different cultures and they're forced to come together to you know um do something that you know that hasn't been done before and they have to you know be lead their own be the leaders for the world to follow that's a rich place to be as a writer that's a rich place to be in too about trying to blend not only the superhero stuff but the cultural stuff as well you know about having them you know everybody use things differently, you know, even if it was, even if it was Americans, you know, an East Coast person and a West Coast person, you know, view things differently, and then you throw in, you know, different countries, different cultures, different backgrounds, that's important for them to be able to blend that together as well as learn how to do the superhero stuff, so that, that, that was an interesting part for it for me. Let's talk a little bit about the characters, and I always hear writers say, uh, write about you what you know, so which character do you see in yourself as you were writing the book? <laughs> and folks will uh, see this when they uh, uh, go uh, get a copy or put in a Kickstarter for Leaders of the Free World now online, uh, Kickstarter. Uh, go get it. Um, <laughs> um, right. The character that I practically made is basically me is Surreal, the Monkey King. Mm-hmm. Um, right. He's based on a character that I saw a movie of when I was younger. Um. I saw the movie when I was a young kid, and I was a big fan of it. And I mm-hmm. said, you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to create a character just like that. I also made him a hip-hop junkie, <laughs> like I am. Yeah. <laughs> so, comic and everything, that links to me. Right. Okay. 
right. So what about the other characters? Other characters, um, I have Eco. And uh, Eco is, you know, in each character, I wanted to highlight, it's, I, I kind of see Leaders of the Free World as a celebration of superheroics. So I wanted a, each character to represent a different part of different um, things that we do. We, we're fans of in superheroics. So basically, Surreal is, you know, the lighthearted, funny member of the team. There's always one that's kind of linked to an animal. So he has right. a monkey tail. Eco is the myth- mythological type. He is the son of Gaia. And, you know, I grew up on Captain Planet, so to me, Gaia's a black woman. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so I wanted, because when you think about it, when they do mythology in all types of comic books, you never see them portrayed as a black guy. Like, why couldn't Hercules be a black guy? Right. Oh, you know, or so on and so forth. So with Eco, it was really, really important for me to have that mythological side represented. Mm-hmm. Then there's Technique, mm-hmm. who um, I have a, a friend who is a tattoo artist out here. She does Samoan tattoo art. And mm-hmm. she said to me one day, she said, how come there's no Samoan superheroes? Mm-hmm. And I had to think, because usually I'm like, oh, no, this, 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 this. I had to think. I was like, right. uh, not really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I wanted to do something different. So I said, what if the technic, technic, um, the, you know, there's always like a tech guy, like a cyborg, an Iron Man, mm-hmm. engineer, so on and so forth. I said, what if the tech person was from Samoa? Like, mm-hmm. that's something that has never, because when you think of Samoan people, they're big, they're strong, proud people, which right. my character is, but... She also is insanely intelligent and has created her own technological stuff. Right. Before we get to the next characters, whatever, just oh, kind okay. of sideways on this. Uh, no, real quick. So just how important was it for you? I mean, I think we've had these conversations and do you even comic book or whatever, but how important was it for you to make sure that the team was diverse? I mean, we, we talked about this endlessly really on Twitter about how, you know, Comics and comic book heroes are, you know, overwhelmingly white. Is no matter what anybody tries yeah. to tell you, they're overwhelmingly white. And then you have a team here that is overwhelmingly diverse, and it's needed. You know, how important was that to you? Because I've talked to creators on here who are black, who have characters full of white. You know, of you know, their their books are all white characters, and I'm like, how did you get to that point? You know, coming from your perspective. Um, to me, you know, someone said something recently that I had posted. They said um, there's a difference between diversity and representation. Mm-hmm. And basically the difference is, you know, if you throw a, just had to do a team and then just throw a black guy on the team, that's considered right. diversity. That's not okay. representation. As in, I, it was important for me not just to have different people from all over the world, but to also have – them be seen and heard in ways that most haven't seen before. And it's not the driving point for the book, but it is important that, you know, this is a team that is here to protect this planet, and they are from around the world. Excellent. All right. So after technique? Uh, After technique, I have medic, and medic is the fighter 
of the group. She is uh, the the daughter of two angels. Um, God sent two angels to Earth, one for healing and one for war. And they met and had a baby, even though that was forbidden. They were called back home, and she was just stuck here. So she has the healing powers of her mother and the fighting and destructing powers of her dad. Mm-hmm. And so she's the leader, and she's Filipino. Okay. And because uh, every time this story has been told before, angels come to earth, angels are here, blah, 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 blah. But they're always in America, mm-hmm. once again. I'm like, right. why are they always here? Like, if angels exist, which I believe they do, but still, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. So they right. kind of just go there. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, and then that's, so, yeah, and it's that dominant Western culture, you know, that dominates, unfortunately, that dominates the things that we love, too, with these comic books. You know, it's just an overwhelmingly Western, white uh, focus all the time on heroes and, and what they consider to be, you know, cool or holy or whatever it is. It's just that it's always right. that focus. And, uh, and that's one of the things that I appreciate about this because, you know, it does give this open perspective. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit that when we get to the Kickstarter too. But, um, yeah, okay. My, kick, my, my favorite character, I'm jumping you off the track here, um, my favorite character uh, is the one that Luciano did the, the drawing on is Moonshine. Oh, uh, Tell me a little Moonshine. bit about Moonshine. <laughs> Now, Moonshine is an important character on the team. She um, is the most powerful member. Mm-hmm. She, um, of course, there's always the Superman type, the alien, the one that's not from here. Moonshine's people came here to inhabit our Earth, but they've been kind of trying to take it over. And mm-hmm. she's not really down with that. She's like, I thought, because she's a party girl. She's like, I'm trying to have fun. I'm not trying to, like, take them over. (laughs) And, you know, the other team, the other, like, alien members shunned her out. And so she says, fine, I'm going to roll with these guys. So she's on the team. She's insanely powerful. She thinks that uh, she's a leader. And every now and then she'll, like, pump her chest out, like, I'm in charge, and the team has to kind of check her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Basically, Basically, the whole point, and what I'm pushing with it is that <clears throat> separate, the team isn't that strong, but together they can take on anybody. Right. Okay. It's something we talked about when the new Avengers book came out. I'm sidetrack really quick. What went into the fact about, because we talked about when the, the most recent Avengers team about it being maybe too powerful, you know, because the team that they had put together it was like, man, there's, who's the weakest link on this particular team? Did that factor into it's like you know I need to balance out somebody who is you know Superman strong against somebody that might not necessarily have that physical strength but has strengths in other areas. Well, and that's where um, I have it linked because one of my favorite things I have I'm not a fan of the idea of someone's weakness being oh I'm weak to kryptonite right or oh I'm weak towards this weak towards that. Basically, I like the idea of the weakness is they are their own weakness. Like, these people don't really know each other. They don't know how to work together. Some of them don't need to speak their own language. I mean, some of them don't even speak the same language. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something I wanted to factor in. 
Like, mm-hmm. Medic speaks the public. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. He speaks English, and so they have to find ways around that so that they can work together to be the one unit. So that's the big weakness for this team. I don't want it to just be power-wise. I want it to be more right. in the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Dr. Seance. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Doom's my favorite, one of my favorite characters, mm-hmm. and Taskmaster, of course. I'm a big fan of villains. Right. And as a kid, I <laughs> grew too. up, as a kid while growing up, I always ask, what if a villain just decided, you know what, I'm going to do good now? Mm. <laughs> like, I'm going to do the right thing. <laughs> Kind of right. where Bendis was taking um, Iron Man, Doom, the infamous Iron Man for a little bit. But basically, Dr. Seance is an old magician being, magical being, who's been around and terrorized, kind of like a Voldemort type. Mm. But when it comes to this new world, he realizes that these new aliens, Moonshine's people, they are too powerful for him. He's like, how can I take over the world if these beings are too powerful? So he runs into our group, he realizes, oh, if I work with these guys, <laughs> then maybe I can get a better chance in taking over the world, almost bearing Zemo, Thunderbolt, this type. Like, yeah, it would be good, but we're really evil. Right. <laughs> and so the team knows he's evil, but they're in such mm. dire straits, they have to work with him. They're just like, we got to roll with him for now. <laughs> right. He benefits us. Right. Right. And that's another All thing right. would go to the team regarding weaknesses. Right. Yeah. Okay, so and I, this is a question I wanted to ask, too. How does this, and I guess this can lead into the Kickstarter part, how does this all come together? Okay, you're writing on your own, kind of the mm-hmm. ideas in your head, you're plotting out. When do you start to try to put characters to art? You know, because I know you, you know, you commissioned some things from people that you got at cons and stuff. And mm-hmm. so when did you start thinking, like, all right, how am I going to put this character that's on paper into, like, the person that I have in my head? Well, basically, I just write a bunch. Um, I don't have a lot of personal time. I'm a grown man with a wife and kids and all that. Yeah. And um, I, I write on my lunch. So my okay. lunch at work, I spend an hour every day just writing stuff out ideas, and I try to keep them all in order. Okay, what will happen if this happens? What will happen if this mm-hmm. happens? And so on and so forth. And then it finally just makes sense. I wish I could give, like, a better, like, example. I'm pretty sure other people could say, oh, I do this. Then I make a plot. <laughs> I do this. And I'm like, I, I just write a bunch of stuff down. I say, okay, that works. Okay, that doesn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. It's yeah. funny. When I... When I started Brothers Comics, like, one of my biggest times to do stuff was during my lunch. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go close, close the door in my office, and I would just, like, bang out a blog article. All right, you know, in 45 minutes. <laughs> like, well, you posting at work? I'm like, huh? Who, me? No, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. That was my brother who was doing that. So I'm glad to <laughs> people. And, that, and that's the big thing as we get into the Kickstarter part of this. So you're getting in, you're writing, you're figuring this out. When does when does it hit you that's like, oh, okay, I'm going to need to have a certain amount of money to get this idea on paper and into a book? That's what took the longest time. I, I had, you know, I introduced these characters over a year ago, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to just rush into doing a Kickstarter. I didn't want to just rush into do it. So I said, okay, let me get some information. Let me make sure I'm doing this correctly. 
could have done it last year. But I remember right when I was getting ready to go, uh, my artist says, are you sure that you're ready? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know, man. And so I started yeah. looking at other people's stories. I started seeing who made it, who did well, who mm-hmm. did bad. And I started saying, right. okay, these people had a lot of promo art to show people we're serious mm-hmm. about this. These people didn't really have anything, and they didn't make it. So I said, I need mm-hmm. more promo art. So I started asking around, going to cons, getting people up. Either, mm-hmm. you know, for every one yes, there was like 20 no's. Right. And or just, oh, yeah, I'll do it for $10,000. That's some insane numbers. I've had the same numbers offered. Right. And right. it's man, you know, just kept going. And then we finally got it working and going. Mm. Well, it's, I mean, and, uh, this idea of being able to follow your passion, you know, and, but also having to deal with, you know, having a regular job. I mean, that's really tough for a creator, right? It's really tough, um, but I remember uh, Gail Simone, shout out to Gail. Uh, mm-hmm. She said that one day, I'll never forget, she said one day I was at home, I mean, I was at a Walmart, and some woman recognized her and said, I wish I could be, re- be a writer, but I don't have the time. She said, mm-hmm. Gail said, you know, that kind of annoyed me because she said that annoyed me because she said, I don't have a lot of time either, but I find time. Right. And she said, even if it's 10 minutes a day, even if it's 15, even if it's half an hour, use that half an hour and dedicate it just to that. Wow. And yeah. eventually I mean, you realize. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's amazing. I mean, that's really, you know, inspiring for somebody that's, you know, like an independent creator trying to get their stuff out. Yeah, I mean, she said it like this. She made a good point. She said, it's just simple math. Let's say you take 30 minutes a day dedicated to just writing, 30 times 7, you know, that's 210 hours. That's almost two hours, you know. Mm-hmm. That's wow. 210 minutes, I mean, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like what? Like, you know? It's a lot. Of, yeah. yeah. I mean, the people don't see it like that because it, a lot of times the process is like, oh, you know, I think I need like seven or ten hours to, you know, to try to bang this stuff out. And, you know, well, even just writing blog posts and reviews, I'm like, man, sometimes just like the littlest thing is the best thing that you can do. Like just even getting it started is just enough at a time, you know, yeah. as opposed to not doing that at all. Wow. Okay. Right. So we got the characters there. We're into the Kickstarter, man. It just came out. Uh, like I'm sitting here looking at it right now, a uh, little over 50%. Man, how does that feel? Like, you know, I'm sure when you press send, you're like, I have no idea how this is going to turn out. And so when you press in, like, how did it feel 24 hours later looking at it? Um, I was shocked because I got a bunch of messages saying, dude, you're already at 50%. I'm like, no way. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> no way. And they said, uh, yeah, you are. And I'm glad that maybe just say I'm glad I waited and, you know, got the buzz up even more. One of the things I was taught in life are the five P's. Proper planning prevents poor performance. Right. And so I'm glad that I planned it out. I didn't just rush it out, you know, mm-hmm. and got the hype up, got people talking about it even before the Kickstarter. People were already waiting for it. They were asking for the Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember seeing a little bit of that, too, yeah, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So and, 
yeah, when I, when I saw it, I was just like, oh, my goodness. Because for some reason, I don't know if I had been really at my freaking regular-ass job, and I hadn't had a chance to be on Twitter. And then I was like, oh, shit, it just came live. And so, you know, I went, I made my donation, and then, like, I saw your, your follow-up. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, all right. I didn't even put something out there last night. I was like, somebody match my donation. Like, if you, whatever you put up, I'll match whatever it is, you know. And I'm going to put that out here on the podcast here, too. You know, whatever somebody tells me on here, you know, you all match whatever that person puts up. So, you know, this is something obviously, you know, like I said, I mean, we're we're Twitter family. You know, it's not like we haven't met each other. We only talk on this on this app or whatever. But you know, this is something that I've kind of, you know, I have nothing to do with other than the fact that I follow and watch you do it. And I think that's amazing. And you know, we're always at least that brothers comments are always wanting to support you know, creators of color and, and cosplayers of color and, you know, all these types of things. So this is really one of those, you know, put your money where your mouth is types of moments. For absolutely. And it's, and I I do this not just for, you know, myself. I also want to show other people, dog, you can do it too. Right. Any of you guys could do it. If you want to do it, just go and do it. Like, just do I did it. I don't have anything more than anybody else. I put my pants on the same way you guys do it. I don't have a lot of time, but I make make every moment I do have free time work for me. And now I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor. I mean, I haven't reached the point yet, but we're already so close. And right. it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. I really want to just inspire people to be the change you want to see. You know, I'm not saying us, me, and you, but people spend so much time online complaining about things that they don't want. I mean, that they want. Right. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, well, you know, I'm just like, dude, be the change that you want to see. And then maybe right. you can inspire someone else to say, hey, I want to do that as well. So even if right. I don't make, I said it a million times, even if I don't make it as a writer in comics, if Eli, my artist, gets put on, I'm okay with that. Right. Mm-hmm. So this stuff is amazing. Right. Yeah, and it becomes one of those things, like, you can't say that I didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, I... I I went out there and I gave him my best shot, whether it works or whether it didn't or not or whatever. That's kind of how I feel every time, you know, I get a chance to, you know, talk to somebody. Like, hey, you know, all they can say is no to me. That's all they can say. You know, if they say no, that's it. You know, I'm going to shoot my shot because that's all they can do is actually, you know, that's the worst thing that they could do is say no. And, you know, you kind of touched on this side topic really quick on this. You're right, 100%. Like, you know, and we've seen this all over Twitter or whatever. It's like people are like, oh, you know what? We want these diverse comics. We want, you know, we want these characters or whatever. And then new book after new book comes out, you know, from the big three or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, the books don't get supported. And it's just like, well, y'all said y'all wanted this, or at least you, know, you said it. But then, you know, the sales or whatever, you know, and I know there's a lot that goes into that. But, you know, people say one thing and then don't put their money behind it. I'm going to tell you, I, this is how I get in trouble. <laughs> but you know what? I don't care. This is what I do. Do it. Um, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be 100 with you. Here's what's going on. A lot of people, I'm not going to say everyone, but a lot of people like the idea of representation. Mm-hmm. They just want something out there. But once it's out there, then you ask them to open their wallets. They're like, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's like, I, and that's what I've just pieced together, is that, you know, they said we want all these black characters. I, I will never forget, I said it a million times, people said, man, look at the man a black Batman. I'm like, oh, they did. Night they help. did. Yeah. Night and people yeah. say it wasn't promoted. No, it was promoted. 
<laughs> it was promoted. You just didn't read it. You just didn't buy it. And it's as right. simple as that. It doesn't. That's not a bad thing. You you learn from your past, past mistakes. But the first thing you have to do is recognize, okay, that was a mistake. Now what can we do forward? Okay, we have this new Ironheart book. Another thing people don't get, I used to run a comic book store, so let me tell you, you know what's more important than even going to a store and buying it? Uh, pre-selling it, putting it on a uh, a pool list. Pool list. Mm-hmm. That's more important than anything because that's what we based ordering off of. We based mm-hmm. ordering off of pool lists. So if someone, so if I have over a hundred people who have pool lists in my shop, and twenty five of them want Ironheart, I'm going to order probably ten or twenty more, mm-hmm. just to make sure I have some on the stands. Right. So if I only have three, how many am I ordering? Probably about six. Right. Yeah. And that hurts the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, the people it kills come it before inside, it gets hey, started. How come you? Oh, what's that? It kills it before it gets started. And that's what happened to Black Panther and the, and the crew. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, we've been pushing the whole thing with uh, things on pre-order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it's amazing to me because, I mean, a lot, you know, we follow a lot of the same people. We see a lot of the same stuff. It's just like, oh, you know, this book is this and this book is that. You know, we're looking forward to this. Like, I, I you know... On the Marvel Hacks tonight, we're reviewing, uh, what are we doing, Ta-Nehisi Coates' Captain America and uh, The Invincible Hulk. Like, those are the two books for tonight, whatever. But next week, we're doing Shuri when it comes out. And I'm like, yeah, let's see how this, you know, people love the Yeah, people love the character in the, in the book or in the movie. Uh, but let's see if they're going to support this book. And uh, I'm... I'm very curious as to how this turns out, to be honest with you. You know, I'm always, you know, I'm always, hey, I'm in the first three issues of the first story arc. That's my old goal. I'm like, I'm going to give you the first story arc. After that first story arc, I'll make that decision on if I'm going to stick with it or not. Of course, you know? the catch, you're going to at least give it a shot. You're going to at least open yeah. your wallet for it, right? Most people aren't even doing exactly. that. No. It, <laughs> yeah, that, and, you know, and <laughs> the funnier part of that is, you know, sometimes that comes back to burn you. You know, I mean, I read the first story arc of that Falcon book, you know, I was like, whew, oh, that was God. rough. Oh, God. Yeah. No, you know what? <laughs> that you know was what? really rough. I tell people, and I'm going to tell you this, this is why I get in trouble again. Falcon in America, those two horrible books, are great yeah. examples. Because we scream we want diversity. And I always tell people, I don't just want diversity. They also need to be good. Yeah. It needs to also be yeah. good. You can, mm-hmm. someone said it best. You can support diversity without also supporting mediocrity. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that can happen. <laughs> yeah, I had a guy exactly. Me, well, you could be reading the Falcon book anyway because he's a black guy writing it. No, I don't. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't. No. Yeah, I, we reviewed it on this show, man. I knew there was a problem from the minute that I started that book. I'm like, whoo, there's some concerns here. Uh, and yeah, and it didn't, and, and it, you know, and it turned oh, itself out, uh, you know, whatever. It, yeah, it, hey, I'm gonna it be, figured I'm itself out. Eight issues. Um, I hate to do this, but I gotta leave earlier. Uh, I, I'm sorry, man. Uh, I got, I got the kids downstairs, so. Uh, but no, no, we're, we're, yeah, no, we were wrapping up. Hey, throw out your shout out music for the at the end, man. Tell them where everybody that they can find you. Like, hey, man, chat, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, I don't have a Facebook, but you can get me on Twitter at before they cancel me again at uh, Multitask Medium and uh, Free World Comics. Free World Comics. All right, man. Uh, I'm gonna hit your instant music, man. You hit me with that Razzcast. Uh, it's been a minute since I played him, so I'm gonna play Task out this way. Remember, y'all can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, rate, review, subscribe. Hey, man, I'm gonna see you on the other side. You too, man. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Peace. Yeah.